This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Here's a question. How much do you know about chess? Even if you're not a fan, or maybe you haven't picked up a pawn, rook, or king for years, chess seems to be in the ether lately. It's even shown up on Netflix in the hit show The Queen's Gambit about a young chess whiz. I've moved my queen to rook four. Check. The bishop blocks. The strategy, beating the odds, and the intellect involved to win has captured our attention. But achieving grandmaster, let alone master chess player, is very difficult to achieve. In the U.S., only 1% of rated chess players earn the national master title. But a 16-year-old Chicago public school student has, making him the only person in Chicago under 18 years old to do so. Avi Kaplan joins us now. Hey, Avi, welcome to the show. Hello. So you have been rated as a master chess player. Congratulations. Thank you. How does that feel? feels really good. There's a lot of work to achieve it, so definitely... I bet. And, and, and I mean, when you say a lot of work, you, you're at this for hours every week, and you've been doing it for, what, a decade now? Is that right? So, yeah, since first grade. It's usually during the weekends, there's the tournaments, which can be 20-plus hours. I don't think people realize how long the, indiv- the actual games can be. Yeah. Like, games itself can be three hours, four hours, five hours, which definitely takes a lot of energy it can be multiple games a day. Wow, that's definite uh, commitment and dedication. And for the people listening to us, Avi, who are not familiar with master chess player and what that means, can you explain that? Sure. So, yeah, basically master is a certain ranking or rating that you have to, to achieve, and that's the rating of 2,200. Basically, there's specific tournaments where... Basically, for rating, and the more games you win, obviously, the higher rating you get. But you can also lose rating. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you did it. You achieved it. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to achieve, especially um, considering that it's sometimes not easy to gain a lot of rating. And the, the higher rating you get, the harder it is to you know get more rating because you're also playing against opponents who have also achieved, you know, sort of mastery or... Well, yeah, you're, you're playing against some of the best, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it that you love so much about this game? What's your favorite part about chess? So, uh, I'd say that something very... Something I really like about chess is that there's always room for improvement. Like, even if you win a game, you at some point, you know, th- there's something you can improve upon most of the time. Whether you win, lose, or draw, you can always... It's always a learning opportunity. Something I like to do is whenever I'm finished you know, playing a game, I like to talk it over with my, with my opponent after the game, oh. see what they were thinking. Trade notes? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Kind of gaining a new perspective on like kinda their thought processes, and you can kind of improve upon that for next game. I love that. You're playing against each other, but you're also just so polite <laughs> and so, you know, so friendly with each other. Mm-hmm. Are there um, challenges, though? What would you say is the biggest challenge? You know, you talked about how achieving master, the title of master, is not is not that easy. It's, it's a pretty big challenge. When playing chess, it won't always go your way. Like, especially, you can be in a really big match. It'll be the last round. You're in contention for winning first, and then you end up not winning it. That sometimes can be a little frustrating, I guess, as, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you worked really hard for that tournament. So that can definitely be a little... 
guess a little frustrating maybe, and then you lose some rating. But even in those moments, you still kind of have to look at the bigger picture, still review, see see kind of how to improve upon it. And, and then for next time when you're in that situation, I mean, you won't always win it or always lose it, but yeah. it's just for next time, kind of make the improvements and just keep playing the best you can. How do you go about your opener? For, so for my openings, <laughs> I guess it's interesting because for especially longer tournaments, your opponents before the match, usually you know who you're playing like an hour, half an hour before, they'll sort of prepare for you and kind of look through your past games. So sometimes I'll kind of mix it up a little bit, kind of you know, switch it, kind of just to get a new position. And that's something I kind of enjoy doing is playing a bunch of different opening moves or just different openings. Mm-hmm. That way I can kind of get experience in new types of positions, especially when I'm practicing, like not in tournaments, sometimes playing different openers just to like get a different perspective and kind of understand new ideas. All right, let's zoom out. Avi's part of the chess program at Chicago Public Schools. So here to tell us the history of this program is David Heiser, chess consultant for CPS and president of Renaissance Knight Chess Foundation. Welcome, David. Uh, Thank you for having me. Also with us is Arlesia Taylor, CPS chess coordinator. Welcome, Arlesia. Thank you for having me. So Arlesia, chess at CPS, it, it goes beyond clubs, right? There are other programs, too? Yes, so our office um, manages about four chess programs. So we have the academic chess program, which um, Avi is a part of, and that's what we're discussing today. We have our Cops and Kids program, um, which is uh, in partnership with Renaissance Knights and the Chicago Police Department. And then we have our Chess Queens, which is um, our high school female chess players that are teaching chess to elementary school students. And our last program is called First Move, which is an um, elementary-based program that teaches, like, the fundamentals of chess to second and third grade students. So how many schools and kids are we talking about here? Whoa. Uh, We're talking about probably about 100 schools. Wow. And probably about— 5,000 students. Wow, that's that's incredible. What's what's it been like to be part of the chess club, Avi? It's definitely a really fun experience. Got, I met a lot of people, a lot of friends through chess, people all over the city, even in different cities. So it's definitely fun. I get to meet other people who have similar interests, who also enjoy playing chess. Yeah, some like-minded <laughs> individuals, right? Yeah. That's always good. How did chess become a thing at CPS, David? Well, my involvement with CPS Chess started over 17 years ago. Um, At the time, Chess was part of the sports department. Um, Tom Larson was a teacher at Orr High School. From the success he had at the program there, he was invited by the CEO at the time to make Chess part of the sports program. And so we sort of got involved working with them. It was a very rudimentary program where you had the after-school clubs like Avi in, and CPS only did a a championship tournament at the time at the end of the season. Chess has gone back and forth between being part of sports and academics. So tell us about that a little bit and and what department chess is in now. Yeah, So chess is part of academic competition. In 2014-15 school year, um, they asked to expand chess, and the discussions internal was to take it out of sports, make it more of academic competition. 
And from that, working with Sylvia Nelson Jordan and her staff in academic competition, CPS really provided a lot of funding, a lot of resources to expand having tournaments throughout the season, taking the kids to outside tournaments, cool. even going to national tournaments. So, And, I mean, in doing research to, to get ready for this, this conversation, we found that uh, CPS, it looks like, has had chess around for about 100 years. Yeah, I've got records going back. Um, next year would be the 100th year where they have um, a listing of who won the high school championship. That's incredible. Talk to us about the academic benefits of chess, Arlesia. So we found that our students um, have increased problem solving, critical thinking skills. Um, there's been um, uh, some information regarding their math skills, and that's actually the reason why we um, promote our first move program. And we actually promote that program through the math classes okay. because uh, we've seen that their math scores have gone up as a result of playing chess. Um, our students have increased focus um, as a result of playing chess. And then, of course, you know, the self-confidence. Our students, because, you know, chess is considered the smart kids game, right, or the smart people's game. And so because, you know, our students play chess, they feel like, well, you know, I'm smart, regardless of what their academic <laughs> profile looks like or, you know, what background they come from. I know what I'm signing my kids up for as soon as uh, as soon as we leave here today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in addition to the academic benefits, I'm glad you you mentioned that there are these social benefits, right? Kids are getting to meet each other, as as Avi was telling us about. Uh, you know, it cuts through segregation, I would think, too. Mm-hmm. Is that for right? Sh- for sure. I mean, our students or our schools come from all over the city, the south side, the west side, north side. And, you know, some of our students have only been in their own neighborhoods. And so this gives them an opportunity to, you know, come together, play chess, have that fellowship and friendship that they may not otherwise have gotten. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about chess with 16-year-old Chicago Public School student and master chess player Avi Kaplan, CPS chess consultant David Heiser, and CPS chess coordinator Arlesia Taylor. So you mentioned, Avi, that you've been playing since the first grade. How did you even get started? At my elementary school, there was was some clubs there, and chess club was one of them. It seemed like an interesting you know, club. I found it kind of unique, so I joined it, and there was different groups, and I was on one of the lower groups I had to start off, and I was just playing with other kids, and I was kind of progressing slowly and moving up the rankings, and then I eventually sort of made it into the highest group at our club, and I kind of wow, kind of found myself there and started improving there. How much do you train, and, and what does training actually entail? I'd say now I typically train probably three to four hours each day. And during the weekends is usually when I have my tournaments, which can be 20 to even 30 hours. It can, if you include the time to prepare, it's definitely a commitment. And usually when I'm preparing, I sort of review openings. There's definitely a lot of sites that I can be playing practice games on. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, David, you, you made a shift in how tournaments worked in elementary schools. Why? The interaction of the kids, the social-emotional part of the tournaments is very important. So broadening that out into creating a full chess season where the students can come compete in citywide tournaments 
through the season was very important to do. And for those of us who haven't seen one, Arlisa, what's the tournament like? Can you describe it? It's always bustling. <laughs> the kids are excited. A room full of folks, right? Yes, definitely. The kids are excited. Like we have these this room called the Skittles room, which is kind of like the holding room. That's my favorite candy. <laughs> Before the students play in a tournament. And so you always see students either reviewing their um, notation guides or they're playing chess with themselves or with their coaches. There's always food because the schools bring snacks and food for the kids. Um, their school pride, you know, you see cute chess shirts and sweatshirts. Oh, I love it. So um, it's a really fun thing. That is like my favorite part of being part of this uh, department is the tournament. Yeah. Avi, is it as fun as Arlesia says? Yeah, it's definitely one of the more fun parts. I really enjoy the Skittles room because you can kind of walk around, talk to people from different schools, and sometimes you can even like find your opponent from another round and continue looking at it. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, David, you're also taking kids to other cities, I hear, right, to to compete, to Schaumburg, to Memphis, even D.C. Yeah, so um, a few years back, we were able to apply and got a grant to take the kids to Schaumburg when the high school nationals was here in Illinois. And based on the success of the kids going there, all the feedback, uh, CPS did provide future funding for going to nationals each year, so... After the shutdown, Memphis was the first high school national we were able to go back to, bring kids there. And in 2023, we'll be bring a group of kids out to Washington, D.C. And, and what are the kids saying about this opportunity? Uh, they, they love it. Uh, again, it's taking the, a lot of the kids. Our focus is to provide opportunities across the cities for the kids from all the schools. So we don't always look to bring our best players, but a variety of kids from across the city. Yeah. And we do a lot of different things, trying to promote cultural events. So one of the things we're doing when we go to, to Washington, D.C. is we're going to have a friendly match between the Chicago kids and the Baltimore Chess League kids. Oh, cool. That's that's exciting. I wonder, Avi, if there are any misconceptions around chess players or about chess players that you, you want to clear up. Are there any? Is there a perception that you think people have about what a chess player is like? Maybe maybe a misconception is maybe that they're antisocial. Yeah, because I definitely think I actually met most of my friends playing chess. And yeah. I think, it, if anything, it definitely helped me become more social, kind of get better connections with other individuals who play. So I think that might be a common misconception. Yeah. Anything to add, David? Yeah, um, I would add a lot of times people think of the chess players as, oh, well, only the smart kids go and play chess. Right, only the ones that are going to dress in a suit going to school, right, and clean cut. We've had chess players at tournaments who have mohawks. We've got them from all, all education levels. Yeah, you know, so there. So there's is, not a look. Th- there, it's not one not. size fits all. No, anyone can play. Exactly, anyone can play, and it's unique in that size doesn't matter. You can have a first grader that's a lot stronger than a twelfth grader. So you'll get these tournaments and you'll have this little kid sitting on his knees to reach across the board playing against an adult. Wow. You know, so it really does. It breaks down all the barriers so that you get kids and adults from all walks of life, all neighborhoods, all communities come in and competing in a fun environment. And as you mentioned earlier, Arlesia, this this isn't at every school, right? There are a bunch, right? But it's not at every school. So how can schools get involved? 
So schools can get involved by either emailing David or I. Um, my email address is ajtaylor at cps.edu. Um, we have a website, cpschess.com, where uh, schools can um, log into or go onto the website and get more information, and then they can send us a message directly to get involved. So before we go, Avi, what do you recommend for the people listening right now who are interested but maybe a little intimidated? I'd say, especially for chess, it's never too late to start it. Um, whether, you know, a great way to start is if your school has a program, a chess program. Even if your school doesn't have a chess program, maybe you can, you know, try to bring that to the attention, maybe get them to create one. But also I think a great way to start is to just kind of play online a little bit, maybe get some practice games, get experience playing, and also there's some things built into the site where you can review the game afterward with a with a computer where it'll tell you where you can improve. Something else I think is important is when you're getting started in chess, you might not win every game to start. You might not be, like, the best player to start, but there's always, you know, you can always improve, and if you're having fun or have a passion for it, and that's always a good sign. That's so inspiring. That's Avi Kaplan, CPS master chess player, David Heiser, chess consultant for CPS and president of Renaissance Knight Chess Foundation, and Arlesia Taylor, CPS chess coordinator. Thank you all.